uh, for tonight. And um, it's something that's been on my mind for a little while when the uh, the actual Elizabeth Youngies brought it to the attention on the 21st night for those that got to see it or hear it. Um, they did a fantastic job in what they did and uh, very proud of the Youngies and that we've got here in the fellowship and all the people said, Amen. Um, I suppose um, I want to talk about tonight, you're the voice, your voice. And I think we know where that's coming from. Uh, I like to keep it close with my friends, you know, Johnny, Johnny Farman. Uh, you might know or heard of him. And um, it's not about him tonight, but there's a words that he uh, just mentions in one of his songs. And uh, funny enough, Pastor Laurie had a similar thing the other week about a, a particular song. But it's amazing how songs can get messages across. And uh, and this one is obviously, a, uh, I suppose, in a form of a political movement as such rather than a spiritual. But with spiritual eyes that we've got, we see things in a different light. And for me, and I love I love listening to Cruz, you know, 13, 23, um, and I like listening to my old classics, well, for me, 80s, 70s, 90s, and um, Johnny Farman's one of them. And uh, the words that they sung at the 21st night, I was trying to ob- obtain them, but I couldn't grab them. They've been in my head for a long time, but the actual literal words, which are still uh, corresponding to my talk, and I'll just I'll just read it out. I'll, I'll try my hardest not to sing because I want you to all stay seated and not run away. But uh, Johnny Farmer would say, "We have a chance. We have a chance to turn the pages over." Opening statement. And I thought that's us. The Bible that we live and breathe by, this Bible from the Lord, we get a chance to help turn these pages. And all people said, "Being spirit filled as we've heard." Um, we, uh, when, when I remember when I was spirit filled, I was about baptized behind this curtain. I received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues after probably about a year and a bit trying. Um, and eventually one day in my own bedroom, I received and I remember thinking, Oh, this is the best news ever. And I'm thinking, why isn't Pastor Graham on CNN news or Channel 7? current affairs, you name it. I had all these theories in my head, you know, we should be getting this out, you know, and, um, Lo and behold, we know and understand that um, it's not exactly the way it goes about. The uh, the word goes about in a different way, and um, the Lord has His uh, plan, and uh, it will get to the people. But there's an important part we play, and that's our voice for the Lord through the Lord. The song would go on to say, "We can, we can, excuse me, we can write what we want to write." And when I when I refer to that, probably. We write what we want to do in our lives and our walks in Christ. We don't rewrite the scriptures, but we write what we're going to do and how we're going to go about it. Um, we've got to make ends meet before we get much older. Um, we're all someone's daughter. We're all someone's son, and we're God's sons and daughters in Christ. How long can we uh, look at each other? And it refers there looking uh, down the barrel of the gun. And I suppose in the political sense, there's a lot of, uh, uh, when people want to get an opinion across you up against opposition and such as preaching the word, there's an opposition always. And, um, you're under that sort of, uh, environment at times. Uh, it goes on to say, you're the voice. Try and understand it. And, um, we're going to go through some scriptures tonight about understanding the voice that we've got and the importance to carry it across. It keeps going on to say, make a noise and make it clear. And I'm not going to do the, oh, you know, trying not to. Wanna, I wanna. I'll do it in the car, but not in front of you. Um, we're not going to sit in silence. All right. We're going to learn about that tonight. We're not going to live in fear. Um, this time we know we can all, uh, we can all can stand together. And we know that we're in unity. Um, with power to be powerful, believing we can make it better. So that's, that's enough for Johnny. Um, so we're going to turn to Acts 5 if we can, please. I look back and I think uh, in the scriptures there and you think of the day of Pentecost as well and the, the original start of the church and um, and people were filled 
with the Holy Ghost. It was a personal experience with God and um, somebody that was tangible in somebody's lives. And that not only could it be within you, you can also use it, you can pray. It's a power that comes about upon it. Um, people were baptized and it went on to the thousands or whatever, etc. hundreds and thousands of people from there on. The, script, and the scriptures are continuing to turn the pages as we speak till today. And uh, in this case, we're just picking up here um, with the apostles. Um, this is just a bit after that. And they were going about doing the Lord's um, uh, purpose, uh, his job there, to go preach the word and uh, to go um, pray for the sick. Um, and um, they were doing that, and they were doing a very good job of it and rejoicing in the Lord. But uh, as we're going to read here, the, um, a bit of a resistance comes upon them, and, uh, but there's some learning to come from that and some things to draw upon. So Acts 5, verse 17, just reads here. We've got a bit of reading. We'll go through this part here with the apostles. This is just after they've been um, praying in, in the name of the Lord and, and healing people. And uh, verse 17, it says, And then the high priest rose up, and they all, uh, and they all, uh, sorry, they all they, uh, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. So there were the high priests there had noticed that they were about God's business and preaching Jesus' name and healing people in such manner, and the high priest was uh, quite annoyed. He was angered. Um, he was provoked, I suppose, from this um, uh, uprising. Um, verse eighteen, and he laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. Verse 19, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Verse 21, And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and they taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So they weren't too happy. Uh, Verse 22, But when the officers came and found them not in prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety and the keepers standing without before the doors. So there was nobody there, but yet the prison was locked. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple of the chief's priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Verse 25, Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. You could only imagine if um, back in those times, um, and you can imagine if you're freed from prison, you'd probably do a bit of a runner. <laughs> you'd do a run, you know. And uh, But yet these uh, the apostles here, they're, they're, they've been told by an angel, um, you know, from here, and a message, as we know from the Lord, saying to go continue to preach the word, continue to do the good deed, and you'll be blessed. Verse 26, Then went the captain of the officers and brought them uh, without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. So getting in trouble and causing an uproar. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priests and asked them, now just to paint a picture, um, in this particular situation when they were brought before the high priest and the council and the sect there and the group, of the congregation there, there was, it was actually called here, just got notes here that I'm um, trying to pronounce it right here, but the uh, Sanhedrin, it's a group uh, they call the Sanhedrin, which is a Jewish high court. 
Um, and in this case, it was made up of approximately about 70 members of, uh, so men, 70 me- uh, men in, in this, this courtroom. So can you imagine how intimidating it would be having all these eyes upon you? Um, the Jewish Council and the Senate um, were not two different groups as such, but rather they um, conveyed um, or the, um, they were united in their thoughts at the time. And um, it's funny when um, when there's a, a, a bit of a uh, situation where there's a, a ruling or a, a law where people are against God's word and uh, and they sort of come together and, and uh, there's a little saying I found that came across and it's such a true statement, but human nature... In the natural, this is human nature is like water. It takes the shape of its container, and the container that was the environment at the time was Antichrist. And uh, the high priests were very angry about the Lord's word being preached. So therefore, they all formed together to to sort of uh, to stop it from happening. Uh, verse twenty-eight. Uh, it says here, and this is asked, uh, the, the high priest had asked them, saying, "Did not we straightly command you?" that you should not teach in this name. Of course, he's talking about Jesus. And behold, you have, fi- uh, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring uh, this man's blood upon our hands. So I suppose there's a, there's a form of guilt there from the uh, previous proceedings with Christ's death. And um, although these um, high priests were had a, had a power over people at the time, there also were the Romans there too, not forgetting, so another power. But as we read on, I suppose this was the voice moment for Peter in this situation. And um, it says here in verse 29, so this is responding to the high priest and the, the men before him. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. It's a pretty bold statement. Considering in that time, as we know, and you can read that uh, think things went pretty bad pretty quickly if you were rebelled against the uh, the, the priesthood of those times and, um, and, uh, you, you're putting your life at risk. But yet the, the faith and the, uh, obedience of that in the way they went about it was quite strong. And I suppose what I want to talk about tonight is the voice, but sensing the moment. And sometimes there is that moment where you do need to stand your ground and we do, we ought to obey God rather than men. And then we'll continue on and talk about other ways of approach as well, that, um, that we've been taught in the Bible. Verse 30 goes on to say, if we just keep reading there, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hang on the tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be the prince and saviour, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So they believe what's actually happened to them. There's a sense of um, ownership of it too. 32, and, uh, and we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Ghost whom God have given to them that obey him. Now, that's an interesting key point there. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God have given to them that obey him. And we'll, we'll come back to that a bit shortly. But having the Holy Ghost has given them this confidence. Um, this goes on to say here, um, there's a, there's a, as, uh, verse 33, when they heard that, and this has been the priesthood, and in particular this uh, gentleman called, I think it's pronounced Gamalol, um, anyway, we'll read on verse 33. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and they took counsel to slay them, so to punish them. Then stood there upon one in the council, a Pharisee, and uh, his name was, I believe, is Gamaliel, a doctor um, of the law, which was the law of Moses, 
And I can only imagine what Moses would be thinking if he knew what was going on. <laughs> um, but anyway, and this uh, particular gentleman had, an, uh, it says here, had in re- uh, reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, which was quite a rarity. Um, he's sort of given them, um, uh, I suppose, a little bit of slack here. He's um, telling um, everybody to calm down. Um, verse 35, and uh, said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as to touching these men. So don't touch them. Verse 36, For before these days rose up Theodos, uh, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who were slain and all. As many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. So there's been uprisings before and there's been problems. And he goes on to refer as well, verse 37, After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, so we're going to these apostles, and let them alone. For this is counsel of this work be of men, it will uh, it will come to naught. Verse 39, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily, or happily ye be found even to fight against God. I suppose the statement he's sort of bringing here is, if you let them go, it's probably not going to, they probably won't abound anyway. Probably won't do it. They probably won't be able to do much more damage as such. Um, and verse 44, uh, sorry, 40. Um, and to him they agreed and they had called the apostles and they beat, they beat them. So they still got their raw end of the deal, I suppose. They got beaten. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council. And it says here, <laughs> rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Um, there's a reference I just want to make from John 15 verse 8. It says, and it reads, Herein is my Father glorified. So when we glorify the Lord, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And at this t- point in time, they have absolutely achieved their goal. And, um, and it was a quite a confronting situation. I suppose for all of us, we have, I know myself, I've, I've definitely had in my time confronting things, uh, with talking to people about the Lord, uh, or I've had very good ones too. And, um, you're sort of not sure what you, you'll get, uh, what response. And I suppose, um, with your voice, with our voice, we got to have a, understanding also of the other side of um, how people may betray it I suppose some people might find it um, that, that, that they might feel guilty and they actually want to listen but they feel guilty from sin maybe uh, maybe they're ashamed or they're scared of what's to come uh, we heard from a brother there you know with prophecy some people might get really scared about what's you know being perceived in the Bible to be prophesied um, in this case uh, brother um, thankfully praise the Lord um, you know took hold of that and I know of other testimonies too and there's different methods of uh, getting through to people at times and that was just one point there where you just sometimes you do got to stand your ground um, we won't turn to it for time but in Romans 8 verse 5 it says for they that are after flesh do mind the things of the flesh as we know, the priesthood there, they, they, they seem to be uh, uh, holy, uh, but they're really bound by a law, a law that was not um, current as such, and uh, they failed to see uh, Jesus' message or Christ and through his um, disciples there. It says on, But they that are after the Spirit 
the things of the spirit. So when you get spirit filled, you understand the spirit things. And uh, I suppose one of the key things I've found talking to people sometimes about the Lord is they're not spirit filled and uh, they don't know. And the things that they do mind are the things of the flesh. And to get the point across sometimes, we need to, um, I suppose, sense the moment or um, the voice that we use. And um, uh, I know, um, for example, Abraham Lincoln, just a reference there, he made a comment that human action can be modified to some extent. This is just in the natural, but human nature cannot be changed. So humans are always um, going to be contained by their container, like the water. But that's why the Lord had come in and changed the whole game. Uh, through the Spirit, it's a game changer. And we've seen through the, uh, uh, in the past in the Old Testament to through to the current New Testament, we've had prophets and their voice was often bold and articulate. Um, they had a very big job. Um, you got the servers or the ministers. Um, they are faithful and loyal. Um, teachers, you know, teachers have to have a clear, uh, a clear thinking um, to get a message across. You've got preachers, exhorters. Um, they are known to have motivated speeches or um, a voice. Givers are generous and trusting. Um, and these are sort of different type of um, characters, I suppose, that comes out. And you've got administrators, rulers, uh, good at organising and managing um, and, and then you've got comforters, uh, caring for people. And um, I found uh, a few years ago I had an opportunity um, to have a job that um, I had dreamt about as a kid and uh, and you sort of get excited. And um, anyway, I got this job and um, I had to go to the city for it and um, it involved having a three-month trial um, for that. And it was in a posi- I was in a position where the job was quite a high-stress job at a particular time. It was... Um, I was um, just performing um, covert duties, um, looking after uh, store loss, um, store theft, and uh, dealing with interesting characters and um, situations. And um, and uh, anyway, um, I, the, the the thing that I found is um, that even though uh, the Lord blessed the situation with the job, I didn't even go for the interview. I got the job without even trying, and uh, and it was a fantastic opportunity. And I went and I found myself in a work environment where I had to work in a team of unsaved people, which is a very normal thing. We all know that. And I suppose um, when I looked at the um, the characters that we had, I had, um, uh, well, part of the parcel was if the three-month probation would be go well to keep my job, and everybody wants to keep their job. And anyway, so in my team, we had to have a chemistry. It was like a football team, but without the football. And uh, I could play football. I knew I could play do that, but then now working in this environment might be something different. And, um, but, uh, I suppose long story short, in the team that I had, I had a, a you know, a, a guy or a particular guy that was a, a man of the world, uh, you know, knew nothing else, but just, he loved his, you know, his, his worldly things. And, um, and he knew I was a Christian and he knew what I stood for. But, um, I suppose as a team, we're going to find each other out. We're going to get to know each other really quickly, particularly in the high tense situation we were in. Um, there was also a, a particular, um, lady that I worked with and she uh, had a difference of opinion on, um, uh, gender marriage, uh, compared to what the scriptures would say. And, um, and it could have been a case where I could have went in and said, oh, look, no, God says no. God says this, no. And I could have been quite, um, blunt, I suppose. Um, but what I chose to do at the time, um, and, and particularly taking on board, like having compassion for people that they don't know. You know, when Jesus is on the cross and he says, forgive them for they don't know. And I, it just rings in my head sometimes thinking, they're just doing what they think's right. They don't know. And um, so when I would be working with these um, particular individuals, spending a lot of time with them, the funny thing is they end up starting to ask me questions. 
and then I get to talk about the Lord. And that just for your testimony. And then you get to bring your voice out. And it can come through subtly, it can come through different ways of uh, getting to getting through. And uh, in this particular case, um, at first I thought it was going to go not too good. I got a I got a call from um, the, uh, the big manager and said, I need to see you, Johnny, in the office now. And I was like, oh, no, it's just before the three months. And you can imagine, and I was thinking, here we go. And I, I knew already, you know, sort of could hear in the back of my head, uh, mind what they were saying, oh, as a Christian boy, you won't survive in this environment and, you know, that sort of thing. And anyway, I went down there and so I went to speak to the boss and um, he actually, uh, when I got down there, we had like a um, sort of like a, a holding cells for um, uh, clients, and um, if I put it that way. And one of them was occupied and there was nobody down there. And I thought, that's very odd. And um, next minute down the office, I could see down the long office, and it's a walk of shame. I don't know. I'm hoping some of us have all had that sort of walk where you know you go into the boss and you're not have you know you're thinking, oh, what's going to go on here? And my hour's going to be cut. Am I going to lose my job? Whatever it be. But I walked in there, and my boss was quite an intimidating fella. He was a big, big lad, and um, he he's obviously been in the industry for a long time. He could handle himself, and I quite found him quite intimidating, to be honest. And um, he asked me to sit down, and I was in this chair which normally you get fired in, so that even didn't help really. And I sat there and, um, and, uh, he said, um, oh, you know, we're talking about your performance and stuff like that. And everything said he'd be ticking off in the natural, in the, in the workplace. And but he said, look, I've got to bring up your, your, your religion. And I said, okay. And he goes, you're pretty serious about it, aren't you? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is my life. And he goes, have you got your Bible with you? And I said, oh no. Is he going to say, you've got your Bible, so we don't really want you here. It's causing conflict, you know? And I said, yeah, I do. I've got it in my locker. And he goes, go grab it. So I went and grabbed it. I'm walking back. I'm thinking, here we go. And uh, and the next minute, he closes the door. We sit down. Three hours later, after talking about the Lord, kept my job. Got to speak about three hours about you know getting paid for it. You know, even better. <laughs> um, and I just spoke about the Lord, and he just asked me so many questions. Um, and uh, it was just a way of the approach, you know. I could have went there um, trying to be tough, particularly in the situation I was in. You have to be sort of uh, presumably tough, and um, and, I, and I wasn't portraying that. I was just being of God, I suppose, and doing what the Scriptures say, and the Lord blessed it. And the the funny thing is, and it's an interesting thing how things work out, um, my boss, would, after years of uh, working there, we had a good time working there, and I learned a lot, and I learned, I learned to um, understand that the, being in the Lord or Having known the scriptures is such a fantastic thing to know. When you when you're dealing with people in the world, they've got no idea. Particularly the clients I used to work with, um, you just feel for them, and it was so blessed. Anyway, um, a, a new boss took over, and unfortunately, and uh, she was, um, uh, yeah, she sort of approached me and said, "Oh, look, Johnny, I don't think we can keep you on because you're not you're not aggressive enough with clients, and you're not intimidating enough." And and uh, so, oh, okay, I've been doing it for a while now, and I've got my my, my work is up to speed, and she's like, oh, yeah, but you're just not part of the team and all that. Anyway, she, um, it's funny how it works, because I, I oh, okay, no worries, I'm just left it as it is type thing, and I'll do what I need to do. And then um, I think she was trying to get me to rev up, um, and I, I said, I don't need to do that. I'm spirit-filled, I'm born again. And she sort of would make a comment like, you're a boy that's grown up in Elizabeth, you know, like she sort of expected something different from me. And I said, no, the Lord changes you. And uh, that's how it is. And uh, it got to the point where uh, she sort of made me uh, end up. It's an interesting way how uh, things work. Sometimes I got promoted to be a regional manager of the, of the of the particular workplace I was in, which didn't necessarily end up being a blessing as, as it worked out to be, because it came with a price. And uh, I've been working Sundays, and the whole time there, I'd been pretty good. 
uh, with not working Sundays and now and then sometimes you have to do what you need to do but um, when it becomes so permanent I knew I had to make a stand and I, I came up against some resistance again and I found that I ended up having to say to her um, I can no longer work this and resign and um, and make a stand for the Lord and um, I was very nervous and I was scared about what tomorrow would bring but the Lord blessed it but I think in my work situation that I found myself in um, I didn't necessarily win the war but I won the battles but the Lord wins the war, if, if that makes sense, the war against the flesh. I managed to plant the seeds and I felt really content about what we've done there. Uh, even though I left, like the like the, the, the apostles there, they, they got a bit roughed up before they left their court there. Um, I got a little bit roughed up at the end, but I got the message across and I praise the Lord that we have that message, that voice that we can carry. And we'll just pick up in, if we turn to Matthew chapter 10, if you can please, pick up just another little part here. I could have, I could have just, um, you know, individually approached each team member that had their different differences with the Bible and just confronted that exact problem. But it's not what the Lord wants. He doesn't want us to confront the, uh, like the individual's problems. They want us. They want, uh, the Lord wants us to people to be saved. And all the people said they want the gospel message sent out. And I suppose sometimes, um, you know, if we ever find ourselves, um, particularly, I suppose, uh, I found myself, you know, with the alcohol side of things and people go, oh, we don't, don't drink as God says, and, you know, sometimes it can get their backs up. But yet you can sort of come across sometimes and say, hey, look, it's not our scene and this is why. These are the experiences we've had and this is what the Bible's teaching. I've had a, I actually got a good life from it. And say, so, and I actually know someone's been healed of it. And you come across that, oh, really? Okay. Like, you know, and sort of they, the ears sort of comes up. Instead of just the blockade, blockade, sometimes that needs that little bit of nurture. But in Matthew 10, verse 13, this is directly from Jesus here, so verse 13 says, And if if the house be worthy, so the place that we're in, let your peace be com- uh, let your peace come upon it, but if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of the house of the city, it says here, shake off the dust off your feet. Um shaking off the dust off your feet could be there's a few things there. It's uh one, it's um to just to move on, forget it, you've done your job and to move on, don't take it personally. Um, the Lord, Lord was blessed. And also, back then, um, I think it was the Gentiles or whatever, uh, if, if the, the Jews, if they uh, were to uh, come uh, uh, against one another and leave a house, they sort of uh, dust their shoes off to show that they sort of distance themselves from one another. Um, so, a sign of um, removal. Um, but shake off the dust of your feet. Don't take it to heart too much. When you witness, you're doing the Lord's work. It's a great thing. It says there in 2 Timothy 2 verse 4, it says, No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that ye may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And we're soldiers for Christ. And uh, when we're out there, uh, we're not to get in the, in, in the affairs of the, of, of, the, uh, of the problems as such, but preach the good news and, and let people know. Verse 15, it reads on here, Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable, and this is regards to preaching to somebody that doesn't want to listen. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And uh, it's in regards to, um, you know, if people not wanting to hear, then that's, um, that's something they're going to have to deal with uh, later down the track. And it's not for us to have to, um, to, to, to pursue that case. Uh, verse 16, behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. 
Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I think that's a, a key point. As I mentioned before, we had prophets and we've got, uh, even you had judges and all the people before us that had strong um, personalities or strong positions they were put into uh, where they had to make a massive stand. Um, we here, it's not all of us have got the same sort of attributes. We've all got our different talents. But one thing we can do is we can use the spirit, lean on the spirit for when we witness um, and be wise as serpents uh, and harmless as doves. That's a time and place as well, sensing the moment with our voice. It goes on to read here, verse 17, Beware of men, for they deliver, they uh, will deliver you up to councils, as we've seen with the apostles, and they will scourge you in the synagogues, and they shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. <clears throat> but when they deliver you up, Take no thought how you would, uh, how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. And verse 20. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And, um, and how true that is, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm in a position now where I'm no longer in that trade, thank, thankfully. Uh, the Lord's blessed me in a different thing now and I get to meet people on the road. And uh, I'm in a real good position where I can meet different people all the time. And uh, for that, you know, being a tradesman now, I can see people. But for whatever your voice can be, I suppose, that's the, uh, you know, whether you're in a, in a, in a school or a university or a casual or a cafe, whatever it be, um, where can you play your part and be the voice? And um, there's a thought that comes to mind in regards to Jesus was a voice for us on the day, you know, on Gethsemane and Calvary. He was a voice for us, and then when he uh, when he died for us and he rose again and he ascended, he left the voice with us. Now we are the voice, and we need to understand it um, and learn it and be the voice because when the Lord returns, he's going to be our voice. And um, in Colossians 4 verse 5, I'll just read it. Um, it says, Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Redeem the time. Let your speech always be grace. With grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how it ought to answer every man. And um, just finally, we'll turn to Revelations if we can, please, just to finish on. So there is times where we do have to be blunt. You know, we know with Joshua, for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. You know, and um, and if somebody's got a doctrinal thing, sometimes you you, you can't let that slide. You have to let them know the doctrinal. Um, but when it comes to um, getting to know somebody, uh, I've always learnt that. Um, there's a difference between earning, uh, sorry, uh, demanding respect or earning respect. And that takes time sometimes. It takes compassion. And uh, you look at Jesus about how he moved around and he took time with people and set them aside and that. And obviously there was times too where he was, um, I suppose there was times where he, there people were trying to entrap him and he had to be pretty blunt. But he's pretty wise on how he did it too, as we know. I love some of the answers he has. Um, but anyway, going back to Revelations. He that overcometh, this is talking to us, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father. So he'll be the voice for us and before the angels. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.